In the early 1960s, world-renowned astronomer Carl Sagan published a paper called Direct Contact Among Galactic Civilizations. In it, he laid out his case for why other intelligent life has to exist in our universe. Sagan didn't believe that there was just one or two other species out there. He claimed there could be a million different civilizations on a million different planets. And that's just in our galaxy alone. From there, Sagan came to an even bigger realization. It's statistically likely that one of these alien civilizations has already visited Earth. He even went as far as to say, aliens likely crossed paths with humans at some point in history. Sagan's study was one of the first thorough scientific cases for the possibility of extraterrestrial life. He took a big risk, jeopardizing his reputation to explore such a controversial topic. Still, he ended his paper by doubling down, suggesting that researchers look through ancient historical texts for references to alien contact. What he didn't realize was they wouldn't need to look too far into the past to find that evidence. In fact, there's plenty of alleged UFO encounters that have occurred over the last few centuries, right here on U.S. soil. We're talking contact not just with your average Joe, but with some of the most influential people in history, specifically American presidents, from George Washington on. People who, despite their status and power, may have been forced to keep their experiences top secret for the good of the nation. Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Monday and Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. This is our first episode on the many connections between UFOs and the Oval Office. From alleged cover-ups to secret meetings to the influence an extraterrestrial realization may have on the nation. This episode will explore several UFO sightings by U.S. presidents dating as far back as the Founding Fathers, and how these experiences may have played a pivotal role in American history. Next time, we'll zoom in on some presidents who allegedly had first-hand encounters with ETs. We'll examine whether there's a high level of security clearance beyond the president for those dealing with UFOs, and we'll dig into one of the strangest conspiracy theories surrounding the death of John F. Kennedy that the president was actually assassinated because he threatened to reveal the truth about aliens to the American public. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. There's one thing we can all agree on. Dealing with pests is a pain. But luckily, Terminix can help. 
because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. So if your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Bottling everything up can be really bad for you in the long run and have some terrible consequences. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. The more you let things build up, the more of a toll it can take on your mental health. I know for me, in dealing with some traumatic events in my life, I had the tendency to think, well, they've already happened. I'm okay. Other people have it worse. It doesn't matter much. And through therapy, was really able to understand how those events impacted me and changed how I'd start to see the world in ways that weren't great and were sometimes making my life worse. So therapy or dealing with any traumatic events you've had might really help you in terms of how you can live in the present moment now. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also really easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash conspiracy. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. It was December 1777, the middle of the Revolutionary War. George Washington had set up camp with his army in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. His men had recently suffered one defeat and one draw against the British. Now they were exhausted. And because Washington's troops were hard for supply lines to reach, it was difficult to get the proper clothing that could help them brave the winter weather. Over the next few months, the situation only got worse. Food shortages and typhoid fever ravaged the camp. 2,000 residents died from either disease or poor living conditions. Washington suspected morale could reach an all-time low. Washington likely found himself in despair during that long winter at Valley Forge. His grassroots militia was battling the strongest army in the world, and he had barely enough food to feed his own men. But according to one of his soldiers, Washington's hope was restored when he was visited by an unexpected being. This legend supposedly comes from one of Washington's soldiers, a man named Anthony Sherman, who was on the battlefields with the Founding Father. And while this story has been hotly debated between historians and ufologists, we figure it's worth telling. Because what UFO story hasn't been contested? It all started when Sherman saw Washington leave his cabin one evening that winter with a strange look on his face. 
He supposedly followed Washington as he went to speak with another officer. There, the future president said, quote, This afternoon, as I was preparing a dispatch, something seemed to disturb me. Looking up, I beheld, standing opposite me, a singularly beautiful being. Washington claimed the encounter was more than just a dream. It caused strange sensations to run through his body. He tried to speak to the being, but his tongue felt locked in his mouth. When he went to stand up, he realized he couldn't move a muscle. All he could do was gaze upon the figure, frozen in shock. From there, things got stranger. The figures started to disappear, and Washington felt himself start to dissolve. It was as if they were both being transported somewhere else entirely. Suddenly, Washington was able to see the whole world from above. He allegedly said, quote, Before me lay spread out in one vast plain all the countries of the world, Europe, Asia, Africa, and America. I saw rolling and tossing between Europe and America the billows of the Atlantic, and between Asia and America lay the Pacific. Before vanishing for good, the figure told Washington it was his duty to lead the Union to victory. Moments later, Washington found himself back in his seat, filled with a renewed passion for the war. Whoever or whatever the being was, it seemed to offer Washington the strength he needed to defeat the British Army. So, could an alien encounter have inspired Washington to change the course of American history? According to Sherman, the answer was yes. Except Washington described the being as an angel, at least according to what Sherman overheard. Could it be that he was just having some divine vision? Perhaps a side effect of the malnourishment and extreme cold? I suppose it's possible, but maybe angel was the only term he had at the time to explain the strange, otherworldly encounter he was experiencing. After all, it wasn't like UFOs or aliens were part of the common lexicon. Yet. Well, Sherman kept the experience to himself for nearly a century. Before his death, the 99-year-old finally shared the story with writer Charles Wesley Alexander, who published it in 1859. Still, some sources called the whole thing a work of fiction. But others, like Joel Martin and William Burns, authors of UFOs and the White House, believed otherwise about Washington's close encounter. Because what Washington experienced does sound eerily similar to modern-day reports of alien encounters. Especially when you compare it to a small Harvard experiment on alien abductions from the early 2000s. That report included an interview with a man, who for privacy's sake we'll call Jason, who described being visited by aliens in his bedroom. Like Washington, during Jason's encounter, he claimed to be frozen in place and unable to move. He also felt a bizarre tingling sensation run through his body, like the former president had mentioned. To be fair, that same Harvard experiment concluded that alien abduction stories are often the product of sleep paralysis or nighttime hallucinations. 
it's very possible Washington had a strange dream during an afternoon nap in Valley Forge. That is, if Sherman's account is even true to begin with. I'd agree if this was a one-time deal for Washington, but allegedly he had a second encounter shortly after. According to Martin and Burns' book, UFOs and the White House, Washington came across another strange sighting that same winter while walking around Valley Forge. Allegedly, he was alone in the woods when he saw a glowing ball hover over the snow ahead of him. And out of that ball came what Washington perceived as green-skinned indigenous Americans. According to the authors, Washington watched as the green people leapt out and charged off into the woods. Finally, the chief of the group stood before him. The soon-to-be president watched, speechless as the being assured him he was being protected by the Great Spirit. Then the figure disappeared. Afterwards, Washington scoured the area, searching for any evidence that what he saw was real, but there were no footprints or any marks left in the snow. That makes me wonder if this was some sort of daydream, especially because the story itself is hard to confirm. America's first president loved to write in his diary. He kept very detailed journals throughout his life, but it seems he never recorded either of these encounters. Maybe that's because he was worried about his credibility. Would his men continue to follow him into battle if they'd heard their beloved leader was seeing beings from another world? Probably not. And maybe that was the right decision. After all, Washington led his men to victory, won the Revolutionary War, and gained America its independence. If he'd said something about a strange, otherworldly encounter, he might still be paying tariffs to the king. I hadn't thought of it that way. And you're right. Speaking about UFOs and alien encounters has always been taboo. It's possible Washington laid the foundation for the way we treat UFOs today by simply not talking about them at all. Exactly. And he wouldn't have been the only U.S. president who kept his possible encounter under lock and key. Coming up, did President Truman establish a task force to investigate UFOs in secret? This episode is presented by State Farm. On this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. And you shouldn't either, especially from your insurance company. If you have a question about your policy, State Farm has answers. You can reach them 24-7, file a claim on the State Farm mobile app, or call your agent to ask your what-ifs, like, what if I need to update my policy? Or what if the Seattle windshield pitting epidemic happens in my town? State Farm is there for your what-ifs, so you won't be left with any unexplained mysteries about your policy. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life, at least not the ones you're thinking of, but they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home, like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. 
because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of bug it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. And with over 95 years of experience, it's no wonder they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Now, back to the story. According to a legend supposedly started by a Revolutionary War soldier, an alien visitor may have motivated George Washington to win the war against the British. But Washington wasn't the only president who allegedly had a close encounter, or had seemingly taken an interest in the subject. Thomas Jefferson also became fascinated by UFOs after a bizarre sighting was reported in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And some have alleged that Abraham Lincoln believed humans weren't alone in the universe. But it wasn't until more than a century later in the 1940s that these stories stopped being rumors and seemed to become documented occurrences by the U.S. government. At the height of World War II, a mysterious flying object allegedly crashed into the ocean just west of Los Angeles. According to supposed top-secret documents, the U.S. Navy recovered the craft from the Pacific Ocean, hoping to get a better look. The government kept the news of the object as quiet as they could, possibly because they were worried the craft was some sort of enemy weapon or maybe because it didn't seem man-made at all. Whatever the reason, there were very few records of the alleged crash or the recovery, and no clear description of the ship itself. The only allegedly leaked document mentioning the object called it a, quote, mystery airplane. But that top-secret memo was believed to be written by Army Chief of Staff George C. Marshall, and sent to then-President Franklin Roosevelt. Marshall continued the letter by claiming the craft had, quote, no conventional explanation. He continued, this headquarters has come to the determination that the mystery airplanes are in fact not earthly, and according to secret intelligence sources, they are in all probability of interplanetary origin. If that was true, it meant the military had recovered one of its first downed UFOs. As for Roosevelt, well, behind closed doors, it said that he wasn't shy about talking about this new alien realization. In another allegedly leaked memo from two years later, Roosevelt himself reportedly said, our planet is not the only one harboring intelligent life in the universe. These details come from secret documents that allegedly were leaked to the public. The government has since discredited those leaked documents, and there's zero evidence that these documents actually came from members of the government. Even modern UFO researchers acknowledge their dubiousness, saying memos like these are nearly hopeless to prove in court. But if they are real, then they're the first sign that the highest levels of the American government we're now taking UFOs seriously. Maybe they just didn't want the public to know how serious. 
In one of these documents, Roosevelt allegedly detailed his interest in what he called the non-terrestrial sciences. If Roosevelt was investigating alien life outside our planet, his work was cut short when he died in April 1945, and we don't know how Harry S. Truman felt about the former president's possible pursuit, because in public he refused to speak openly about UFOs. But we do know that around the same time, a reporter asked Truman if he had any information on flying saucers. The president joked that he only knew what he read in the newspapers. Then he quickly changed the subject. But back in the Oval Office, Truman probably wasn't laughing, especially because the biggest UFO story in American history was about to hit the newsstands. In the summer of 1947, a New Mexico farmer stumbled across the remnants of a strange object that had crash-landed on his property. He reported the crash to local authorities, and within a matter of hours, the military confiscated the debris. The next day, the public relations officer at the local Air Force base released a statement admitting they'd recovered a flying saucer. But a few days later, the military backpedaled, this time claiming the debris was just a crashed weather device. If you're a regular listener of this show, this is probably starting to sound familiar. Yep, we can't have a UFO episode without mentioning it, especially because it likely paved the way for how presidents deal with situations like this today. That's right, we're talking about the Roswell incident. What you might not know about the Roswell crash, however, is that it allegedly sent President Truman into overdrive. He immediately reached out to a dozen of the most brilliant minds in America for help. He supposedly signed an executive order giving that team a top secret mission. Study the UFO debris from Roswell, New Mexico, and keep the truth about aliens a secret from the public, no matter what the cost. Truman supposedly dubbed the team Majestic 12. At least, that's what was written in that set of allegedly classified documents later leaked to the public. Carter and I have covered Majestic 12 before, so you should check out our earlier episodes for a deep dive if you want to learn more. Long story short, the Majestic 12 papers overflowed with UFO information that may or may not be real. One of these leaked memos from 1950 suggested the organization was studying how these advanced alien technologies worked. It read, It is believed that the craft travels through space by utilizing an ionizing plasma and the planet's magnetic lines of force flowing into the atmosphere. But how the UFO managed to do that was another story. The report ended with a line admitting, Construction methods are unknown at this time. Another Majestic 12 document made a clear case for why Harry S. Truman's administration needed to keep their alien research a secret. It said the world was not yet ready to face the, quote, new reality. If the truth ever got out, the documents claimed it could lead to the downfall of great nations and cultures. The memo also stated that government disclosure would be irresponsible and inherently dangerous. UFO enthusiasts have pored over these Majestic 12 documents, 
practically since they were stamped and mailed to a documentarian in the mid-1980s. But to this day, skeptics question whether the reports are real or just elaborate fakes. Regardless of their validity, one thing seemed undeniable. The Oval Office was paying attention to the public's interest in UFOs. Because another government organization was forming to research the same matter at the same time. And there's indisputable proof that their division really did exist. Around the time Truman was handling the Roswell incident in 1947, the Air Force was starting a secret subgroup called Project Blue Book. Once again, we have a much more in-depth episode on Blue Book if you want more details. Otherwise, here's what you need to know for today. Under Eisenhower's watch, Project Blue Book secretly examined over 12,000 alleged UFO sightings around the country. The Air Force claimed that its decades-long investigation never found any proof that UFOs were, quote, extraterrestrial vehicles. But at least 700 of the sightings remained a mystery, even after Blue Book folded in 1969. Project Blue Book may have been the real-life inspiration for the Majestic 12 rumor, or it may have been just another example of the government's, and by proxy, the president's, push to understand the UFO phenomena. And keep it a secret. After all, people were looking to our heads of state to lead the nation with a level head and an honest agenda. But things started to change in the back half of the 20th century, when a new generation of U.S. presidents opened up about their own UFO encounters and finally admitted to the American public that there was something out there they could not explain. Coming up, the stigma behind UFO encounters starts to derail. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. In the late 40s and early 50s, President Truman ordered the government to look closer at the growing number of UFO sightings around the country. When Dwight D. Eisenhower took over the White House in 1953, he inherited all of Truman's supposed alien research. Eisenhower didn't share much in common with the former commander-in-chief, but he and Truman seemed to agree on one thing. UFOs were best discussed behind closed doors. Eisenhower's government kept its clandestine UFO programs, like Project Blue Book, under wraps. As far as the Oval Office was concerned, the general public wasn't ready for what the investigations might uncover. And others in Washington agreed. In 1960, the famed research group known as the Brookings Institution released a report titled proposed studies on the implications of peaceful space activities for human affairs. 
The study warned NASA that information about alien life had the power to either unify the world or throw it into absolute chaos. The research group said NASA should consider how the truth be presented or if it should ever be released at all. But soon, a new presidential hopeful emerged and threatened to put an end to the government's era of silence and secrecy. One evening in the late 1960s, Jimmy Carter was standing outside a Lions Club in southwest Georgia. He was the state's governor at the time and was there to deliver a speech. Carter was getting some fresh air with other men when someone yelled to look at the sky. Carter claimed he was shocked to see a bright light zooming through the night. He watched the glowing object as it flew towards him and then paused, hovering just above the horizon. According to Carter, the object seemed self-luminous and nearly as bright as the moon. It even changed colors. At least a dozen other people from the Lions Club noticed the bizarre glowing orb too. According to Carter's report, they all watched as the craft flashed red, white, and blue. But before Carter could wonder if it was trying to impart some sort of patriotic message, the light zipped away. Carter didn't know what to make of the sighting, but he seemed certain it was unexplainable because he filed a report with a private organization called the International UFO Bureau. Carter wasn't shy about what he witnessed that night. When he ran for president in 1976, he casually shared his unexplained sightings in interviews. He even promised to declassify the government's findings on alien life if elected as president. For UFO enthusiasts at the time, Jimmy Carter seemed like the man they'd been waiting for, someone who'd finally blow the lid off of decades of clandestine research. But when Carter won the election and moved into the White House, his demeanor changed. For starters, Carter backtracked on his promise. He said he couldn't release any of the secret UFO documents after all. He didn't make a clear case as to why, aside from a vague claim about protecting national security. Then, Carter hedged his own UFO story. Suddenly, when journalists asked Carter about his strange experience in Georgia, he said the public had it wrong. Whatever he saw that night was definitely not an alien spacecraft. Carter swore he never believed it was. Well, it seems like an abrupt shift coming from a man who reported the experience to the International UFO Bureau. But UFO doesn't necessarily mean alien. It just means unexplained flying object. And as of this recording, Carter continues to deny that the glowing light he saw could be extraterrestrial. Although he never offered another explanation for what it was or why he later clarified his story. Unless he was advised to in order to save face. As we mentioned earlier, Admitting UFOs existed was not, and still isn't, a widely accepted stance. It continues to be pretty taboo, especially amongst world leaders. But it didn't end with Carter. His successor, Ronald Reagan, also had a history with UFOs. In the mid-1970s, Reagan was the governor of California. 
During that time, he was taking a ride in a private plane when he spotted a strange object in the sky over Bakersfield. According to Reagan, it looked like a glowing ball of light, and it seemed to move against the laws of physics. It accelerated at great speeds, then stopped and turned on a dime. Reagan's pilot even tried to chase the object down, but it easily outmaneuvered their small airplane. Eventually, the UFO paused in midair, then shot straight up before disappearing. Everyone on board was baffled. Unlike President Carter, Reagan stuck to his story even after moving into the White House. That's despite the fact that members of his administration tried desperately to keep it under wraps. According to Reagan's biographer, Lou Cannon, that included then-National Security Advisor Colin Powell. Powell allegedly tried to keep the president quiet about what he called Reagan's little green man. Cannon also wrote that Powell struggled diligently to keep interplanetary references out of Reagan's speeches, but Powell didn't always succeed. In the late 80s, Reagan famously brought up the possibility of an alien invasion while addressing the United Nations. Supposedly, Reagan also brought up the topic during a meeting with Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev. According to some reports, he even got Gorbachev to promise if an alien invasion were to happen, they'd set aside their differences to fight off the attack. Reagan's openness on the matter made room for other politicians to speak up about their beliefs. During a 2007 Democratic primary debate, former Ohio Congressman Dennis Kucinich mentioned his personal UFO sighting. And Hillary Clinton promised to release the government's X-Files if she was named president during the 2016 election. Neither of them made it to the White House, but another UFO believer did, Barack Obama. In 2021, he became the first president to directly acknowledge that UFOs were real and that the government had no idea what they could be. In an interview with James Corden, Obama explicitly said, quote, What is true, and I'm actually being serious here, is that there is footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. Let's be clear. Obama didn't say the objects were proof of life on other planets, but his comments were a clear sign UFOs had finally moved into the mainstream conversation. And it removed some of the stigma that had been surrounding the topic for centuries. In 2023, Congress publicly set aside money in its annual budget to finance the study of what it called cross-domain transmedium threats, a type of UFO that can navigate effortlessly between air and water. Within the past year, NASA has launched its own public program to study UFOs, or as they call them, unidentified anomalous phenomena. NASA promised to make all their findings open to the public when their study is completed in mid-2023. A spokesperson claimed they were bringing the world's top aerospace engineers and scientists together to get a better understanding of the phenomena. So it sounds like the Oval Office and other government programs are finally taking UFOs seriously. 
Or at the very least, are finally admitting there's something out there we don't understand. I think you're right. And next time, we'll dive into some theories surrounding the hidden connections between UFOs and the people at the top of the government food chain. Like conspiracy theory number one, that some U.S. presidents have actually come face-to-face with visitors from another planet. Or conspiracy theory number two, that John F. Kennedy pushed so hard for the CIA to hand over alien secrets, he was actually killed for it. And finally, conspiracy theory number three, that some corners of the government have been hiding the truth about UFOs from everyone, including the presidents themselves. For centuries, the world has been conditioned to stay silent when it comes to the topic of UFOs. Who knows what would have happened if Washington wrote about those experiences in his diaries, or if Carter had been more candid about his sighting once he took office. Would we have more answers about what lurks in our skies today? Or would someone in the government have found a way to silence them anyways? Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. For more information on aliens in the Oval Office, amongst the many sources we used, we found UFOs and the White House, What Did Our Presidents Know and When Did They Know It, by William Burns and Joel Martin, extremely helpful to our research. We're here on Mondays and Wednesdays with all new episodes. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories is a Spotify original from ParCast. Our head of programming is Julian Boireau. Our supervising sound designer is Russell Nash, with Nick Johnson as our head of production and Spencer Howard as our post-production supervisor. Quality control by Lisa Marie Gallegos. Ryan O'Leary-Jones is our supervising editor and Derek Jennings is our writing lead. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by River Donahue, edited by Mallory Cara and Lori Marinelli, fact-checked by Kevin Johnson, researched by Brian Petrus, recorded by Alex Button, produced by Bruce Kotovich, with sound design by Michael Motion. Our hosts are Molly Brandenburg and me, Carter Roy. Carter Roy.